0: All right, well today we want to go back um, to uh, 1 John. Yes, we're still making our way through that. And uh, we've been uh, in this book for a long, it's funny, it's, uh, it's kind of a short uh, letter uh, at the end, toward the end of the New Covenant, but uh, full of very important information, Okay. Uh, information, not just information, but uh, important teaching on how we are to live. So now we've come to the beginning of the fourth chapter. Okay, and the beginning of the fourth chapter is rather interesting. It comes in the middle of this big teaching on on loving one another, and uh, we talked about uh, in chapter three the command to love one another, and then uh, beginning in the seventh verse of chapter four is the nature of of loving one another, but couched in the middle of that is uh, seemingly, uh, it's like something out of left field. Like, a, like, why do we have now all of a sudden something about testing the spirits and to know who's of God? And as we'll see, that um, they they uh, these two topics do have something very much. uh, To connect them to each other, Uh, even though uh, there's uh, this issue of testing every spirit and not believing every spirit, is a great truth in and of itself. Okay, so let's go back to the end of the third chapter. Okay, and uh, in the uh, last verse, or I should say, in verses uh, 20, uh, the last two verses, uh, 23 and 24 of chapter 3 of 1 John, it says, And this is the commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Yeshua the Messiah, and love one another just as He commanded us. And the one who keeps His commandments abides in Him, and He in Him. And we know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. And so it's as if He says here, Now beginning in the fourth chapter, and by the way, speaking of uh, the Spirit, uh, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua the Messiah has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Yeshua is not from God. And this is the spirit of the anti-Messiah, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows, God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And then you'll notice, then in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. So uh, they're connected, uh, but you do see that the word beloved is in the beginning of... Um, Chapter 4, and then in verse 7 as well, where again he says, Beloved, so he's sort of like returning to that, that topic. But so in this, uh, in this uh, very important truth, where he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out uh, into uh, the world. So in John's day, this was a, he was talking about something uh, very specific, okay? Uh, now, if you go back again to the very end of verse 24 of chapter 3, he says, And we know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Now, we know from this letter that there were a group of people that had been teaching something, and then they left, Uh, And John is saying that, you see, just because people talk a good talk doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they are coming from, from the Lord. And so just because people are teaching spiritual truths, or just because people mouth words or say certain things, does not necessarily mean that they are coming from God. And, of course, when he says test every spirit, what he means by that is examine. Examine what people are saying. In plain English, that's what it means. Examine what people say, who say they're coming from God. Okay? Uh, And you can tell even later in this verse when he says, because there are many false prophets who have gone out into the world. And so examine people who identify themselves as people... Speaking the words of God or teaching from the word of God. Now, in his day, there was something else going on that makes this a very powerful teaching. And then we'll see how it applies to us. There was no... Uh, you could not go to a store in the first century and buy a book on uh, theology. Uh, or you couldn't go and, and read a document that says, Okay, this is exactly what we believe. You didn't have anything like that. Not only that, but you also had, uh, especially for New Covenant believers, people were worshiping in small groups, you know, house little congregations, sometimes they're called. But there were small groups. And so, and, and I know it's hard to believe, but there was no social media in the first century. And they were a lot better off than us. Uh, that's a whole other story. But... Anyway, the point being is the communication uh, channels were very different, and it was hard to tell, you know, okay, now we have someone who's coming from uh, some such town, and he claims to be a follower of Messiah, and he's coming and he's telling us something. Uh, Okay, well, there wasn't necessarily within minutes the ability to figure out, is this person speaking with authority, where are they coming from, what's going on, and so on. So he's encouraging, John is encouraging these people uh, that, uh, you know, you have the Spirit of God and you have been able to discern and examine that those people that left were never of us, as we saw in an earlier chapter, okay? Uh, And uh, and then he warns them that many false prophets have gone out into the world. And you know what's very interesting about that is that through the Bible— All through the Bible, there are warnings about who you listen to, all the way through. You know, if you go back to uh, uh, Devarim, or the book of Deuteronomy, there's a couple of very famous places. One is in chapter 18. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, in verse 18, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them. All that I command him. And it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Okay? And You may say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. That's very important. Okay? So when someone comes and says something that something... Uh, is true, or something might take place, and it doesn't happen, no uh, uh, qualifiers after the fact. You know, well, uh, I was this, well, that's not what I meant. Uh, no. Uh, there's a warning here about uh, who you listen to. Now, without going into all the details on that, the point for us is that there's a warning that uh, we're not supposed, just because someone says, I, uh, you know, uh, I'm speaking in the name of the Lord or, uh, or demonstrate some type of spiritual power does not necessarily mean uh, that uh, this is uh, truly coming uh, from God. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 13, actually I did it out of order, right? That's okay. In chapter 13 of Deuteronomy, In the first five verses, it says, If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you, and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true, concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. In other words, just like in the Shema, you're going to be loyal to the God of Israel. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So, so you shall purge the evil from uh, among you. Again, uh, another warning. And this warning is, if someone does signs and wonders, but they're preaching to you another message, stay away from them. They're not uh, of God. Again, another warning. Okay? So you have in the uh, Torah itself a number of uh, warnings. Okay? I won't take the time, but if you turn to 1 Kings chapter 18 on your own time, and you you read about Elijah, uh, there were 450 false prophets. 450 false prophets uh, preaching another message uh, and, uh, and living a different way. And Elijah shows them all to be false. So we see an illustration of false prophets. Then when you come to the Gospels, Yeshua himself... In Matthew chapter 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, Yeshua says in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 7, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are we? Are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit, and so on. The point is, there's a warning. In, in Mark chapter 13, we read these words from Yeshua. Uh, Mark 13, verses 21 to 23. And then, if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Messiah, or Behold, he is there, do not believe him, for false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will show signs and wonders in order, if possible, to lead the elect astray. And so, uh, again, a warning, right? In the book of Acts, in chapter 20, Paul says here to the believers at Ephesus, uh, beginning in verse 28, "...be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the congregation of God." which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Uh, uh, and from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Okay? Then, then he goes on to say, therefore be on the alert. Again, another warning. Another warning. In 1 Corinthians... Uh, chapter 12, in the first three verses, we have a, uh, uh, you have these words. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Yeshua is accursed. And no one can say Yeshua is Lord except by the Ruach HaKodesh. And really mean that. People can actually mouth words, but of course really mean that. And so that's a corollary to these, these uh, warnings. Beware of people who say that they are speaking from God, but say Yeshua is accursed, or that uh, Yeshua is not the Lord, or something like that. Okay? Then you have in 1 Peter, in chapter 2, uh, in uh, uh, 2 Peter, second Peter, second Peter, chapter 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Uh, again, a warning. Then in uh, Jude... Wow, a lot of warnings in here. In Jude... 4 to 19, I'm just going to read the beginning of it. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this, their condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. Okay. So, first of all, we see just the mere fact that we see these warnings all over the place tell us that we need to be careful uh, who we listen to. And we see that all the way through, it seems that there's a theme to these warnings, and that is denying the Master, denying Yeshua, denying the God of Israel, okay? Uh, in whatever way, uh, in whatever way uh, that, may, that may be. So now here, when we come to 1 John chapter 4, one of the things that we learn is, okay, this is not uh, something totally uh, unheard of to receive, uh, you know, to receive this kind, uh, to receive this kind of, uh, of warning, okay? So now, so we see many prophets have gone out into the world. Now in verse 2, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua the Messiah has come in the flesh is from God, And every spirit that does not confess Yeshua is not from God. And this is the spirit of the anti-Messiah of whom you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. Okay? And so we see here that, and we talked about this once before, so I'm not going to give a whole teaching on that. Usually when we think of anti-Messiah or the phrase Antichrist, we're thinking of a person at the end uh, who is the great blasphemer? You know the the man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, and so on. He is described as anti-Messiah, but the spirit or attitude of anti-Messiah is prevalent everywhere. And if you remember from the second chapter, we said that that spirit of anti-Messiah is not just is not speaking about people who don't know the good news or just simply don't believe in Yeshua. But people who say he is not who he says he is, but are supposed to know better. Okay? Every illustration of that in the text of, of the scriptures are people who, who uh, feign belief, but really are teaching another message. So that's very, it's a very important distinction to make. But having made that. He says uh, very quite uh, plainly that by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua the Messiah has come in the flesh is from God. So in his day, in his day the main issue was uh, Yeshua coming in the flesh. Okay, Was Yeshua coming in the flesh? There were people living in that day. And the people evidently, who were with them and then who had left, uh, who did not believe that Yeshua was a real person. okay? And that goes back to even the very beginning of the of the letter, okay? So uh, uh, that, in and of itself, tells us uh, right there, that there you go. Someone who does not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and that the testimony that we have about him is true, that he is indeed uh, the Messiah, that he is the incarnation of God, uh, that he is the Lord, that he is who says the Lord, that is a person who is coming from God. Uh, but there's something else here to understand. Uh, and that is, is that it seems that the central issue for John in speaking about the um, uh, false prophets or false teachers is, uh, is not only the issue of is Yeshua who he really is, but the fact is, is that Yeshua is the center of the message. In other words, it's kind of interesting that the litmus test uh, of someone who, when, when they're to examine the spirits, the litmus test is uh, Yeshua being the center of the message and that He is indeed the incarnation of, of a God. Uh, and so uh, when, uh, when we see here, going back to verse 24 of chapter 3, we know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. The Spirit dwells in us if uh, we uh, uh, confess Yeshua. Yeshua is the center of what it means to be a believer, because He's a believer in Yeshua. And the role of the Ruach HaKodesh is to testify of the reality of the messiah so that's why when we say test the spirits does the spirit of god dwell in this person the spirit of god dwells in a person if yeshua is the center of the message the spirit of god is dwelling in us if yeshua is not only the center of our message but that he really did come in the flesh and he is from god uh, and he is you know indeed uh, the uh, the messiah okay and certainly there are many beliefs uh, uh, that have uh, uh, gone out in- into the world where uh, that skews who Yeshua is, and there are many who claim to be speaking truth, that many times as believers we ask ourselves, are they telling the truth? Uh, is it, um, you know, is it uh, indeed not true? And we are called, of course, to be loyal to Yeshua, and anything that smacks of anything apart from who Yeshua is, even though we might say, "Well, I like the music," or they did signs and wonders. If Yeshua is not the focal point, the center, the centerpiece. If Yeshua is is not lifted up, or sort of an add-on. If he's an add-on, then we got problems. It's like, we know who we believe, but we add on, we believe in him too. That's not good enough. Yeshua must be the center of the message. That's why that's his focal point here. I, You know, by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Yeshua the Messiah has come in the flesh is from God. As we would say in this, shine? enough. There you go. And that is... When people say, what is the difference between, uh, Beth Messiah and other synagogues in Columbus? The difference is Yeshua. It's not about, uh, well, we do this in our service, or, uh, we, we sing songs with musical instruments in our service, or we, uh, um, uh, we do this, or we do that, or we're Jews and Gentiles. That's not that, that all comes under the heading of Yeshua. And that is something that uh, is never to be put under the uh, bushel, you know, uh, to be hidden, to be, uh, well, you know, yeah, we, we also believe in, uh, in, in the Messiah, you know. No, that is our contribution to our community, is the messianic testimony that we have. So, you can have groups that are Jews and Gentiles, you could have groups that, Give wonderful, encouraging words, but if Yeshua is not the centerpiece, and and the and that centerpiece being that He is the very incarnation of God, then there's a problem there. See, no matter how nice it may sound or feel, and that is a very important, uh, you know, truth uh, uh, for us. Now, when it comes to the role of the Ruach HaKodesh, it is very interesting, if you go back to the Gospel of John, same writer, to his larger work, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 14, he says this, in verse 16, "...and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may be with you forever, that is, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive." because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will behold me no more. But you will behold me. Because I live, you shall live also. So what Yeshua is saying is not that I'm spatially, not as spatially, but spatially or... Uh, in uh, in real time and place, moving away. And that's how we often think, sadly, I think, that Yeshua isn't here, the Spirit is here, but Yeshua is not here. He's at the right hand of the Father in heaven somewhere else, uh, 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 and then we will behold him again. That is not what he says. He says, after a little while, the world will behold me no more, but you will behold me. Because I live, you shall live also. In that day, you shall know that... I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then will happen that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Yeshua answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me, does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now, let's stop there. So we see here, that the Spirit of God is called the Spirit of Truth, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and teach. And not only that, but he's going to bring to mind everything that Yeshua said. and, and, And he's going to be the vehicle, one might say, of how Yeshua manifests himself in our lives. And that is why in the book of Galatians, we're going all over the place here, In the book of Galatians, in chapter 2, in verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Messiah, and it is no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So the focus is on Yeshua. The, The role of the Ruach is to shed light on Yeshua, just as if when you walk into a room and you turn a light on and you see everything in the room, your focus is not simply, on what a great light bulb, but you see what's in the room. And as someone once said, in order to turn the light on, you have to walk in the room, right? Yes. And, uh, and so the focus is on abiding in Him, abiding in Yeshua, And by His grace and His mercy, even though Yeshua was crucified, risen from the dead, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, He is indeed alive, and He is right here, He is in this place, He is with us communally, and and He dwells within us via the Ruach HaKodesh. And so what John is saying, anyone who does not focus on this truth that our identity is in Messiah, we live. As, as uh, Paul says, I'm dead, but I live because the Son of God, Yeshua, dwells in me. Having Yeshua as the focal point, that is the telltale sign uh, of a person uh, knowing this message, believing it, uh, and, and of course, John was focused uh, uh, on this because of of the things going on in his, uh, you know, at at that time, historically. Uh, But it is also uh, still true, indeed, uh, uh, for us. And we could say, there's a lot more we could say about this, but, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, we know that the the anti-messiah, the spirit of anti-messiah, Uh, uh, Satan, uh, uh, demonic activity, all of that, will do anything to keep us from the center focus of Yeshua and will distract us with all kinds of false prophets and teachings. And it is interesting that in this passage, we see here Uh, uh, that, if you jump to verse 5 for a second, speaking of these false prophets, they are from the world. Therefore, they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. On the other hand, we are from God, who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So he says here in verse 5, They are from the world, therefore they speak us from the world. There are a lot of worldly prophets that we like to listen to that take us away from the focus of uh, the centrality of Yeshua, that he is indeed the deliverer, that he is indeed the messianic king, that he is indeed the one who lives in the world, that he is indeed our Lord, that he indeed rose from the dead. There are uh, there are many, not only theologies, but simply beliefs that we look to, to say, hmm, maybe they're saying the right thing. Maybe this one is saying the right thing. And so, we need to ask, but wait a minute. They may be saying some good things, but is Yeshua really the center? Is Yeshua's name really lifted up? And may I suggest, that needs to be, when it comes to priorities and our focus, And our passion, it needs to be, where is Yeshua being lifted up as Lord, as King? Where is Yeshua being lifted up as the incarnation of God? That is what we listen to. Not just nice truths with Yeshua as an add-on, but where he is indeed uh, the the focus. Now, we might say, what's hard to live that way? It's hard to be discerning that way. Because, you know, a lot of things come our way via temptation, via just things that happen in our lives that draw us away from the centrality of Yeshua being the Lord of our lives. And so we need to be discerning, but we need to be encouraged and know this. In verse 4, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. That the world may be powerful, the world may give influential messages. The world may be a lot bigger. The cosmos, the world's way of thinking, the world's way of doing things, the world's way of expressing, uh, you know, unity and so on and so forth. But where Yeshua is not lifted up, we might say we are we are like now on the fringes. We are like a small, little, tiny seed. Uh, we are like a, a pearl that's hidden away. How can we uh, make any difference? Or or uh, is it a losing battle? No, because he who dwells within us, Yeshua, via the Holy Spirit, dwells within us, there is victory. There is discernment. And there is understanding. You see? Uh, and uh, And so therefore... We see with spiritual eyes the importance, uh, the centrality of the death and resurrection of Yeshua. We see with centrality the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh in our lives, which, who indeed makes real Yeshua in our lives. We can see the victory that comes with following the Lord and living in His ways of producing good fruit over bad fruit we do not have to live in fear. We do not have to be anxious. Because if Yeshua is really our God, our Lord, then there is victory, and there is good news, and there is empowerment. And we do not have to get sucked into the quicksand of the attitudes of this world. And that is what people need to see. That, hey, they're following, you know, like a, a different drummer. They're their feet are, are, uh, go to a different drumbeat. That's because Yeshua is our Lord, that we love Him and we love Him because we keep His commandments. Not because we say we love Him. Anybody can say, I love God. But we love Him by keeping His commandments. And so how do we keep His commandments? By living for Him. And so therefore, uh, you know, loving God and loving people are primary ways. Uh, and that it brings us, reels us in to why this passage uh, about Tess examining the spirits is right in the m- middle of John talking about love and the command to love. Because the one who places Yeshua on the throne as the centerpiece will love as he loved us. And that means loving unconditionally. That means forgiving Uh, uh, And all that goes with that. And that is why uh, we uh, read earlier Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Messiah also loved you, and gave himself up for us an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And so, uh, that is where the truth is. And uh, uh, John is saying, examine the spirits, be careful who you listen to, Uh, make sure that you are showing that chesed to God, that loyal love uh, indeed to God in Messiah Yeshua. Yeshua is not an add-on, he is indeed uh, the, uh, the centerpiece. And it just goes to show us that, boy, maybe I need to make sure that I'm studying the Word of God and that I am discerning and I know uh, what it says Uh, and that I am walking close to God and I am in prayer and I'm filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. The one who is filled with the Spirit has discernment. The one who is filled with the Spirit of God is one who can discern truth from error. The one who is filled with the Spirit of God, yes, has joy and peace. And patience and self control and long suffering. Yes, all of those attitudes. But is also the one who is focused on the centerpiece of all who we are, and that is Yeshua, the Messiah. And that is why, finally, we read in um, Hebrews, book of Hebrews, and we'll close here, chapter 12. In the middle of the verse, it says, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary, uh, and lose heart. And so may we demonstrate to this world what this world so really needs. What does it mean to really be the body of Messiah? What does it mean to be... We don't, you know, we don't use that terminology. We like to say community of... It, it, just the, the normal terminology has kind of changed culturally. But in the Bible, it does use the word the body of Messiah. We are called to be a discernible, a visible, a, a manifestation of the presence of Yeshua in this world. And so let us be that. And we are that when Yeshua is indeed the focal point, is indeed the centerpiece. When he is the centerpiece, truth comes out, forgiveness, reconciliation, all those things. Joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. Yes, it's because of the presence and the filling of the Spirit, but the filling of the Spirit means the, the, the presence of Yeshua in a real way in our lives. May Yeshua always be the centerpiece. As, a, as an elderly Jewish believer once said on his deathbed to a friend of mine, he said his last words was like this word of admonition, make much of Messiah, make much of Yeshua and may that be true in our lives, and may we see how in that way we become conformed to the image of Messiah in our lives, and we live out in a radical way, radical love, radical acceptance, radical forgiveness, radical truth, and uh, boy, the world loves a good radical, huh? So uh, may we uh, uh, be the answer to the problems of this world, because Yeshua is indeed the answer. Let's pray, Lord. Uh, thank you, God. May we uh, make much of Messiah. May we test the spirits. May we know in our hearts that Yeshua is indeed the Lord. That He is the incarnation of God. Uh, uh, that He really came into this world. That He died for our sins, and that He indeed rose from the dead, and that He lives. And that, as Gabriel said to Miriam, uh, he, uh, that Yeshua is indeed the king of Israel, uh, and he is the one who sits on the throne of David forever. Lord, yes, today it is invisible, but the day will come when, when that kingdom will be a visible kingdom. So, Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes, and may we see that reality, and may we indeed make a difference in this world, in Yeshua, our Messiah. We pray in his name.